0: Hey guys, Matt Gurney here for Jen Gerson at The Line. Welcome to the latest episode of The Line's experimental podcast. A little bit different than normal. We didn't go into it with a specific agenda. As we get into in the podcast, this was a week in the news where most of the stories felt like continuations of last week's story. So we talk about that. We do get into some interesting stuff, though, including royals as representatives of specific generations, and why i once panicked and thought my eyebrow had been shaved off very different topics it'll make sense in context please listen and enjoy the latest episode of the lines experimental podcast jen gerson as i live and breathe Hello. once more yes. are you are you playing with your hair or are you do, like i don't know what you're doing uh, your no hair. i'm just
1: holding it up and also trying to hide my paint-riddled hands i'm in the midst of sort of procrastinating from necessary writing by doing sort of diy home improvement projects my house is, is,
0: my house is never cleaner than when I'm on deadline. Yeah, exactly. Because I start wandering around going, man, I really should write this. But ah, this looks dirty. I this,
1: is, this is nice dust.
0: So I got a list ahead of us here, uh, in front of me here of of topics uh, that we could talk about. Here's the thing. The big three stories of last week are still the big three stories of this week. Pretty we're much. we're further along in the ceremonial uh, protocols and observances of um, the the queen having passed away Uh, the Ukrainian armed forces seem to still be fighting in the southeast of the country but they seem to have taken an operational pause in the north which we knew was going to happen they were outrunning their supply lines they needed to take a break Pierre Polyev was we held off publishing our dispatch uh, the written version last week because we wanted to see the official results he's he's had a first week in office and there's already been some fireworks and some drama on that front clash with the media apologizing for going after a a defector who's sitting as an independent but i I don't think we're going to see a lot of federal politics until after the queen's funeral i mean partially because the prime minister's out of the country but also partially it's kind of a weird vibe right now
1: yeah it, it definitely is um so yeah and also you know he's he's spending the first week kind of finding his feet and getting getting it's a bit of a get it to know you phase um so i don't know Do do you want to get that i don't really have like a list of things like i usually do that i want to talk about
0: um i mean is there anything to say about the queen we haven't really said already
1: well we are we do have a dispatch coming up about how the monarchy is a cage mm. uh, yeah. so the our readers should expect that that's a really fun one there was an interesting piece by uh kenan white i wrote to or, or i read today from his his um newsletter shush where he's he he went into a book that got into a lot of king charles's little foibles and they really do raise some question about whether or not this person has the correct temperament for this job he is quite precious to put it mildly um but you know what we'll see we'll see uh but anyway that is kind of worth reading it might be worth linking to um i don't know what else is there to say about the queen Uh, well what else is there to say about the queen
0: I mean, when it comes to uh, the king, uh, I would add. Um, singing the other day, uh, it's funny. I, think I I don't know if I've, met, I've I know I've told you this. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the dispatch. My wife and I keep adding movies to a list. Like I add one, she adds one, and we watch mm-hmm. them together. And we try to find ones the other hasn't seen. That's really adorable. One of the things we're gonna watch is Stand By Me, and it's way back down the list. But the uh, the Stephen King short story I think it was adapted. And Will Wheaton is in it. Um, a okay. little, little, little well, bitty. This? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it was around the time we were born. It's It's like a Stephen King novel adapted into a movie. Will Wheaton was Wesley Crusher on Star Trek The Next Generation. Will Wheaton kind of became a really interesting example of the adult who kind of comes out of a weird head zone after having been a child star, but then reinvents yeah. himself and kind of goes, yeah. that was a really fucked up environment to be growing up in. Yeah. Charles is a child star like we I think we understand yeah, yeah. don't put your kids into high level athletics high level uh performing arts because it's going to ruin them as adults as yeah. if they're successful yeah Charles was born into a, a role
1: and some of like, his preciousness hey. is completely inevitable as a completely inevitable response of the type of life he grew up into like I have someone iron my shoelaces too. I mean, I, you know, you'd be a nightmare. I'd be a nightmare. If I had that level of coddling from, from day one. Yep.
0: So let us acknowledge that we have ruined poor Charles. That doesn't mean he will not prove to be an effective King. Like I, I don't, I, I, we talk about this. You and I sometimes, um, your kids are younger than mine, but one of the things you're going to start running into when they get a little bit older is your kids will say stuff and it will reveal to you how clueless they are because you've you've overprivileged them. Yes. And imagine that, but like 100,000 times worse. Yes. You're going to have some personality quirks too. So...
1: This is not wrong. I mean, so, I mean, are we going to take the, the stance, like give Charles a chance? Crying into the screen like it's too soon to write off Charles just because we've already ruined him as a person. I don't <laughs> know if it's maybe
0: maybe just acknowledge that we've ruined him. I mean, I think probably we talk a lot about how the Queen was the monarch that bridged like two eras, right?
1: But the so Queen Elizabeth II might actually have been an extraordinary anomaly. She in might the same be- way in the same way that our our period the hit period of history that she reigned over was an extraordinary historical anomaly
0: what i was just thinking is that it might like maybe queen elizabeth ii wasn't the monarch that really marks the generational shift maybe it was charles like we talk about how much the world has changed during her reign but i think almost by inertia she could sort of keep doing things her way because she's the queen and people generally liked her Charles is gonna have like a really hard adjustment. Like when when your predecessor is in the job for 70 years.
1: Well, isn't it kind of funny too that like, like the, the 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 respective monarchs really um symbolize the most extreme version of their generation's traits? Like Queen Elizabeth was the greatest generation, so she Duty's was the sacrifice. most extreme version of the greatest generation, perfectly stoic, perfectly self-serving. You know, self-effacing. You know, like everything you you want in a human. And Charles III is the most extreme version of a boomer.
0: Uh, you know, I know,
1: Harry and I'm, Meghan I'm not are get...
0: extreme millennials with their podcasts and Instagramming.
1: Right. She's yeah. Markle, so there you go. Right. Like, like she's she's the most extreme version of this. We'll see how Kate and 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 Will's turn out. But I mean, like, they they, they seem to like take on. And I don't say this is someone who who totally just wants to trash the boomers and or Charles. Charles also has some really interesting traits. Like, like if you read some of his writing, he's, he's a fairly spiritually aware human being. He's got some interesting opinions and ideas about the world. You know, he clearly takes the environment very seriously. I I don't think he's all bad. Um, But like the, the, the coddled sense of entitlement that big, that was begat by uh, a historically anomalous period of extreme wealth. And like, you gotta admit, like he takes he takes all the most extreme boomer traits and turns them into eleven, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, I, you know what? If I knew more about William, the new Prince of Wales, I could probably offer a comment on that one. But no, it's it's a fun thesis. Uh, the Queen, the embodiment of sacrifice, duty, honor, and tradition,
1: just refusing to die to let her yeah. boomer son take over.
0: <laughs> then, then the boomer son who is a little bit precious and clueless. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, with Harry, at least, and his wife, a very online, extremely millennial. millennial. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We'll have to see what happens to the, right? uh, the others. Um, OK, that's fun. We but, can- And also,
1: but I mean, if you want to also divide like the best and the worst of the millennials, you kind of have the best of the worst in Wills and Kate's and Harry's Megan. Like on one hand, you have this one side of, of the millennial culture that's just terrible <laughs> in every way. But but William and Kate may represent the best of our generation too, the side of our generation that steps up in the moment. But we'll see how they go, you know. Do I don't you, know.
0: I'm forgetting the term. Um, so you're aware of the concept that millennials should be grouped into two generations, right? Like, and the idea yeah. is that the millennial generation was bisected by the online revolution, and that that made a mark. So when I was a kid, turning into a teenager, we had tape decks. Vinyl yeah. records were still. You and I, around. you and
1: I, are the the not totally irredeemable older millennials. When I wanted to talk Harry to Harry, is also an older millennial. Yeah. But it could very well be that you see that divide marked between William and Harry. Yeah.
0: When I when I wanted to, I mean, basically the dividing line apparently is when you were in grade eight and you wanted to talk to your best friend. I picked up a landline phone. People yes, who are still right. millennials but are ten years behind me sent an instant message, yeah, and. That's right. So I don't know. It's interesting. That's fun. Yeah, we could have some fun with that. On the Ukraine front, I don't think I have anything to add. I mean, nope. uh, like, you know, we can we can chat about it here for a minute. Um, but you know, look, the the Ukrainians had an unbelievable military success in the northeast and paused and myself and some of my military nerd buddies were saying to ourselves when are the Ukrainians gonna run their supply lines like it happens eventually and also mm-hmm. soldiers just get exhausted yeah. so we knew there was going to be a pause there seems to have been a pause and on Friday afternoon there began to there's been some preliminary reports that they're rolling again in the Northeast they've they've everybody's had a sleep they've had a shower they've had their uniforms laundered they've been eating equipment's fixed and they're gassed up ready to go so we'll see if that goes anywhere we can update people in a written blurb but like in terms of developments i don't think i really have any like the only well maybe is it is it worth mentioning at all in a written dispatch And maybe it isn't that like putin showed up for some meetings and people are making him wait
1: Hmm, that's kind of fun like but but maybe that's something we should hold off hold up on let's put a pin on that and when we do our next ukraine update maybe maybe bring that up
0: it's it's just intriguing it's just like putin people are like yeah okay like putin's up there sitting on the stage in the chair where like the leader of kyrgyzstan shows up like five minutes late Hmm. how the mighty have fallen um we'll keep an eye on russia though because that's that's a powder keg i don't i don't like the trend lines there anything to say about polyev that we kind of didn't cover last week i i think if the queen hadn't died we might have seen a different week in our federal politics. Yeah,
1: this, this, this would have been a more interesting week on that front. I've got a column coming up in Polyev uh, taking on two of the talking points that were most frequently leveled against him. One on the cryptocurrency stuff and the other one on uh, firing the Bank of uh, Canada, governor of the Bank of Canada. I don't want to call it um, a defense of Polyev because I don't think it is that. I think that it's, uh, if you look at sort of the context behind some of these comments, you'd realize that it's not the hit that you maybe think that it is um with all of that caveated by there's lots of stuff that polyev has done and continues to do that i think is unabashedly bad one of which is of course he uh uh, fundraised off of david aiken um throwing questions at him during a a press conference that was an interesting case because i think it was an obvious case where where aiken was um uh, made a made a breach of decorum normally at a press conference you allow the, the 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 politician to you know say their prepared remarks And then you can kind of shoot questions at him. However, Polyev, I don't think, has taken questions from the media since June. Um, And Aiken was clearly frustrated. And so he interrupted those early remarks by basically being like, I want to ask you questions about this and this and this. It was a, you know, it was a a, a failure on on Aiken's part. He did apologize. Um, That said, you know, Polyev didn't miss a beat. And he used the, the outburst as an opportunity to fundraise off of the media you see what we're up against, we're up against this, you know, liberal, this guy was a liberal heckler, and we're up against this, you know, and this goes back to something that I think we've already written about at the line, which is that Polyev is running against the media purposely, like that this is a strategy that he is engaging in. It's one that I think is very pernicious, very harmful, and I think it's very dangerous to do that, but that is a strategy that he has chosen. Um, and the media, I think, to some extent, has to be a little bit smarter about the fact that that's happening. Um, what am i gonna I mean the media there is no the media like you you know what i'm saying here you
0: um what, there's enough of a media that you can make some general comments about yeah that's and right, i would that's say right. a general comment about the media is that we are um tone deaf we don't read rooms yeah um, we
1: don't read rooms that's right we, yeah we, we, we so we are so sure that we are the good guy in every situation we're so sort of um uh, inspired by our own messianic kind of complex we're here to democracy dies in darkness. We're here to save save democracy. That we don't quite quite, it doesn't quite connect for us that, you know, 75% of the population hates us. You know? So um, yeah, I think that I think that that's a, a bit of a problem. But um, I think, you know, I think, I, I think that it's worthwhile to sort of do a bit of a thing on a, a dispatch on just a, a, a defense of of Aiken. He did the gentlemanly <laughs> thing by apologizing. That was correct. And I don't think it was correct for Polyev to to fundraise at the moment, but I recognize that that's the moment we're in.
0: I think um, what what I would add is that when it comes to the media, I think you're I think you're right about messing on a complex. There's some of that there, but I also think like I've said before, imagine you're at a dinner party and it's nine dentists and you. You're going to be bored out of your mind because there's going to be a lot of talk about teeth. Or you're at a dinner party with nine accountants and you. The accounting and tax code stuff is going to bore you to death. We are probably no more navel gazy than any other profession, but the average dentist does not have 20,000 Twitter followers. And when a bunch of dentists on Twitter are talking about teeth, no one's watching. And Meanwhile, here we are, we're like we're like online, we're like,, oh, here's here's Jim. and here's Susan and all my friends, and we're we're t- we're talking shop, right? Just as we would at a bar, there are hundreds of thousands of people watching us do this. And you know what? Like sausage making is not good. I think journalists would instinctively know that no one likes knowing and watching how the sausage gets made, but don't inst- instinctively jump to, and that's why we're going to have all of our conversations and fights on an open forum in front of hundreds of thousands or millions of spectators. Yeah. And, and smart of us. It's great. And I think poly like you've said it polyev is campaigning against us and i don't think there's been like some crazy conspiracy theories this week aiken's a plant it was done deliberately it was coordinated my response no. to that is a succinct fuck you the <laughs> no. the other The other conspiracy is that somehow polyev baited aiken Mm, i don't think so i think he pissed aiken off and 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 david lost his temper by the way just for purely disclosure i know david i like david i've known Everybody him knows time. David.
1: he's lovely so I've, wor-
0: I've worked with him at two different media companies now but i think he fucked up like yeah. i think he, he lost he his thinks temper he fucked up
1: like we're not defend <clears throat> we're not gonna defend da- <clears throat> sorry. sorry we're not gonna defend aiken when he's acknowledged he's fucked up i mean like that's, that's he's acknowledge he's fucked up but i mean so what we all fuck up on occasion
0: the polyev campaign was ready yeah they see i've watched the video uh, a few times now and what's amazing to me is how without missing a beat polyev had a plan b like you know he's one of my friends had um who's um, out of out of politics now but a, a former politician had said to me polyev's gonna have to be careful because it's hard for guys who've been campaigning for months to stop campaigning. And there's going to have to be a time when Polyev's going to have to stop campaigning. I don't know if I agree with that, because we seem to exist in a, in a semi-permanent campaign. But I think Polyev right now, he's tuned up, he's tuned in, right? Like yeah. he's been on the campaign trail for months.
1: He's also amped up.
0: Oh, yeah. no, well, I mean, he always is. D- David we'll right snaps at him. And Polyev, who is just off the campaign trail, and all of his combative instincts are toned are, are, are right now, just go, oh, okay, switch to attack plan, bravo, boom, evil media up against you, you're a shill, you're a hack, fundraiser, out the door, three hours later, probably raised tens of thousands of bucks yeah. on this. We, we repeat, you and I, what we've been saying for weeks this is a plan. This is not like some guy who like Paul. Yeo, he's not it's not like he's a jerk and a curmudgeon. I don't know. Maybe he is. But what we're seeing here is not a personality quirk, it's a strategy. Yep. I don't know when people are going to realize this. Um I don't know. Maybe, maybe Aiken, maybe he's the object lesson. Like maybe he will serve as a reminder to to the uh, the rest of us not to do that. I was interviewed today uh, by a radio station here in Ontario. And I was, because I, I was tweeting about this a few days ago and the, the host asked me, what should journalists do? I said, their jobs, Yep. but carefully yep. because your missteps will be weaponized. Yep. Your temper will be weaponized. Yep. Your errant comments will be weaponized.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We have to understand that we are explicitly targets and we have to act like it so careful what Which you say requires on. us
1: to act more like politicians ironically
0: we're, we're combatants in the culture war and i don't want to be <laughs> like I well, would i'm only interested in be. being
1: combatant in, the, in a culture war in defense of my own ability to do my job that's where that's where i don't that beyond that i don't give a shit just leave me alone let me do my job
0: forgive me for being old and curmudgeony but i liked it more 10 years ago when we didn't have to worry about this bullshit
1: yeah i don't disagree um and also when people also respected no i'm just an old curmudgeony bitch to everyone it's just kind of my thing man i don't know what to tell you
0: it's all part of your charm
1: part of my um, charm indeed
0: well, look, um here's the thing 10 years ago i'd write a column that would piss people off you'd write a column that piss people off and we'd get an angry email there would be 30 people who would talk about it online Today, Aiken loses his temper at a news conference. Hundreds of thousands of people are talking about it online. And the Conservative Party of Canada has a pre ready plan in place to roll out email blasts to identified subscribers, which will not only raise them money, but it will also promote engagement. It'll build a narrative and it will uh, identify supporters. Yep. You don't have to like it. And I think there is um, a bad habit out there among some people to interpret analysis. as endorsement. Yep. This is bad. This is corrosive. This is dangerous. Yep. It's going to work though. And you you can't, you can't cure what you won't diagnose. What is, what is required now is not that we all get on the same hymnal page for statements of uh, outrage. It's, it's,
1: it's, it, it isn't, that if you don't if if you are mistaking analysis like Polyev is doing X or Polyev is doing Y and you're mistaking that for some kind of endorsement or normalization or apologia of Polyeva, I I think you've lost the plot. You're you're now so deep in the rabbit hole that I'm not sure that you can see your way out. And you're certainly not in a good position to be able to strategically act in your team's best interest.
0: Well, it's worse than that. I mean, I agree. But I would say on top of that, a lot of a lot of what people want to see is not, not about strategy. It's not about adaptation. It's about signaling moral opprobrium and right. being on the right team. Yeah. And for people out there who are outraged at Polyev targeting the media, that the Conservative Party of Canada seems to be leaning in that direction of a weaponized campaign against the media believe me folks i share that outrage more than you might think but if i don't respond to it carefully i'm going to help them not me that's right and i don't think i don't think i have an answer of how to appropriately respond to this there we live in an era where bad actors with large social accounts can get away with a ton of shit and we have not solved this problem yet i'm mm-hmm. hoping some smart guy comes along or girl comes along with a solution because i don't have one in the meantime I'm kind of uh, adopting a a do no harm position. I'm going to keep doing my job. I'm going to write about things that interest me. I'm going to talk about things that interest me. I don't have a side. I'm going to piss everybody off. But I will do my level best not to rise to provocations because that helps them, not me.
1: That's right. Um, and you and I are, have the same philosophy of journalism on that one, but I don't want to get too much into sausage making because, of course, it is boring for the audience. Um, what I suspect else? the audience oh, is interested to talk- this week. Yes, fair. But do we also want to talk about Polyev sort of going after the MP? I,
0: I confess to you, I'm aware of what you mean. So one conservative MP uh, from Quebec, Al- Alain Rains, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, crossed the floor. Well, it didn't cross yeah. the floor. Wilson we'll is independent. independent. Yeah. And there was an immediate apparent text message campaign, uh, kind of whipping up anger against him. Call his office today. Tell him you stand. And, with-
1: and this and this is a pretty clear example of you know shoot shoot the wounded the wounded to de- discourage those ultras. Like, and yeah. I'm going to mangle the French. I apologize. But you, but this is a clear sort of he Polyev can't afford to actually allow some kind of split splitist campaign to form within his ranks. So he's going to make sure that things are very ugly for anybody who. Challenges his authority or credibility?
0: Well, I mean, look at this way. I don't remember the, I'd have to go back and check, but I mean, my gut feeling is that Polyev probably intuitively had, uh, pardon me, uh, inherently had 80% of the caucus. What about that other 20%? Yeah. I mean, when you look at the size of the conservative caucus, we're talking about 20 people ish. One of them middle, and, and then
1: on top of that, you have the sort of the disgruntled red Tory ilk. You have like the center ice conservatives, and what's going to happen to them? Are they going to be able to? So he can't afford to let any like from just from a purely strategic point of view, he can't afford to let any any of these people go without a planet, without a without a without
0: feeling it. Here's the thing: human history would be less miserable if ninety percent of people did not go along with bad stuff to get along. Sure most most of the non-Polyev MPs will find a way to reconcile themselves and they'll tell themselves whatever they need to to solve their own conscience yeah um yeah I mean to be honest we can look at that I'm not I mean probably what you're saying is to the extent that we'd say anything about this that there's going to be a period of consolidation and the Polyev team doesn't play nice
1: yeah and also like, just tells me that's me not that's not me you know endorsing an attack campaign on, on 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 this MP That's me pointing out that like... You know what it is. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, just in case any of our listeners are of the type to assume that analysis is endorsement. No, no, that's not me endorsing this or saying this is good or bad. This is me just pointing out what he's doing why.
0: Well, look, Jen, what do I always tell people? Our expectations are a problem. We are going through... A significant change, and I will use very neutral language here. We're going through a significant change in our politics right now. I don't know if it's a permanent change; could be, a, could be a phase, could be a fad. But for right now, our politics is about to get nasty. We have to, we have to acknowledge that, and we can condemn it all we want, but we're stuck with it. Hmm. You know, I, I was, I was uh, told earlier this week that we in the media, uh, there's a danger if we're not careful with our, our reporting and our commentary that we're going to normalize this stuff. Stuff is normalized. It's normal. You know why it's normal? Because it's here. Yeah,
1: pretending power- is it, that this is like the, the play P- is now the leader of the official opposition. Pretending this is not normal is fantasy. That's delusion. Yep.
0: yep. And I, I, We've heard a lot about normalization during the era of Mr. Trump in the, in the United States particularly, right? Oh, we cannot normalize this behavior. If we're talking about it because it's powerful enough to exert real political influence, it's normal. It may be immoral, but it's normal. And I think, yeah. again, I, I still think our expectations are a problem. And I still think there are people who think probably for good reasons, moral reasons, that if we just point to something and go, that's bad, that it will like shirk go away. From you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also that's bad. So what
0: Honestly. history is full, history is full of bad guys winning.
1: Yeah. So, so what if I, it's bad? What of it
0: if it works? This is the thing. History is not one long unbroken series of good guys saying to the bad guys, you're bad. And the well, bad guys say
1: that. So so what's yeah, so what is the wrong way? And it's bad. And
0: and therefore. That's like the, I would say, and therefore. Yeah. And therefore. Um We'll figure this out. Like we, we'll 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 hone this into something more coherent. We'll, more
1: we'll hone this into. I feel like we're we're kind of like hammering out a column here between the two of us.
0: That's what the dispatches are for, really. Yeah, oh, by dispatch, the way, um, while we've been talking, I did get an email. We will have something on the media angle. Uh, that's confirmed by cool. uh, one of our friends is going to write. Awesome. So. Do you want to talk about Green Party for a minute? I want to move off federal politics, but do you want to talk Green Party just for a second? I mean, I just,
1: I just think their their collapse has been very entertaining. I was um, lucky enough to uh, uh, witness enemy enemy Paul at an event recently, and I was just just very impressed by her. Like, I, I just think she was. I, I understand why she made mistakes as a leader and doing what she did, but like as a human being, she's a very impressive person. Um, and I just I continue and I mean we we said this at the time, but like the fact that the Green Party couldn't help her, you know, develop into a leader of a major political party and instead made it impossible for her to lead that part political party just tells me how unserious and unworthy of actual attention this party act is. But I mean they're they I believe their party president just resigned amid this like completely inscrutable, like misgendering, mispronouning kind of stuff that was just so inside baseball, so obscure. Um, and to me, it just to further emphasizes this is not a serious party anymore. This is just a club. This is just a club of people.
0: Um, Green Party was never serious. We eh, give the Green enough. Party too much attention. There are serious people in the Green Party. There are serious policy proposals the Green Party has made. The Green Party, as an entity, is not serious, and we give it too much attention.
1: Okay, so let's not get it, give it any more attention.
0: Well, um, I mean, I, I'm always I'm always happy to mock it um elizabeth may get does not get enough credit for how she kind of by sheer force of personal will guilted the auto establishment into pretending her party should be taken seriously but being taken seriously means scrutiny and the scrutiny is revealed that it shouldn't be taken seriously so maybe do, one day but not yet
1: do you want to talk about toronto because i want to talk about toronto so you've got a great toronto blurb
0: well, I've got two. Do you mean the uh, the handgun one or yeah, the decline one? One. All right. So, a couple of days ago in Toronto, uh, a cop was murdered, and it, it was cold blooded. Uh, from what we understand, this cop, who's actually in one of the neighboring villages, uh, well, not village, one of the neighboring jurisdictions as uh, suburbs. Uh, the Mississaugans are going to be pissed off I call them a village sorry guys one of the adjacent jurisdictions had had a uh, joint training exercise and a series of cops from local forces were at the training exercise one of them stepped out to get a bite to eat at a nearby uh, Tim's and was shot cold cold-blooded point-blank range it was, he, he was assassinated uh, by and the, the believed motive was someone who wanted to kill a cop that individual is it is believed then shot and killed a nearby business owner, and shot and killed that uh, well shot and grievously injured the um, assistant of that business owner, a part time student. Just fucking awful. Uh, that that individual, the 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 part time, are not expected to survive, but remains alive at this time. Uh, Police later caught up with this individual and he was killed in exchange of gunfire. I'm being very vague and neutral in all my statements here in Ontario. We have something called the special investigations unit. It is an, it is an arm's length agency that investigates any incident involving loss of life or serious injury involving police. Mm -hmm. So with a dead officer, a dead civilian and a dead suspect, none of the cop agencies are talking. Like the, the, the SIU is running this investigation, but bits of information are trickling out. A couple of days ago, one of the, uh, who was it? I, I'm sorry, i sorry, I I wish I should have written this down. A, a senior cop at one of the involved jurisdictions was giving a press conference talking about what was known. And cops talk in their own language, cop talk. And they, they don't have a lot of emotion, right? Like cops will get up in front of a lectern and be like, the orphanage members were dismembered with a pitchfork <laughs> like like the, like, the, they're this is deliberate um yeah. all of the orphans were then hurled into a lake of fire and then the nun was beheaded like they don't get emotional <laughs> <Yeah>. but <clears throat> uh, one of the cops got emotional and obviously he was emotional because this hits home for for cops yeah, of one of their own is murdered but he was he was talking about what we know about the crime and what we know about the crime is that the weapon used was a handgun and the question was asked was, was it was a legal handgun you have to know cops and i do know cops to know that this cop was pissed off that he had to talk about this and i i will see if i can pull the exact quote somewhere but he's like no of course it wasn't legal handguns aren't used in these kinds of crimes the suspect who's who's now dead had a long criminal history, including violent crimes and firearms charges. Indigent, no fixed address, living out of a car. Not like if you own a handgun in this country, you can't,
1: you can't own a handgun in those your car. Yeah. Like like, a criminal you can't record safely. You cannot safely store a handgun. If you're living in a car, I don't know what to tell you.
0: If you if you are not a gun owner in this country and if you do not know any gun owners, you might not know this, but there are very strict laws about how certain mm-hmm. kinds of firearm are stored. Yes. You can't do it living out of your car. No. You, you you probably can't get a gun license if you have a criminal record, unless it's a long time ago, and maybe you can show letters saying, Look, I got busted for pot when I was a teenager and now I'm in like 61-year-old yeah. yeah. architectural engineer. Um, and if you have a violent criminal history. No, you're not getting a gun license. No. And the officer was just pissed off. Again, he didn't lose his cool, but I know cops. I know the way they talk. And he said, we know in Ontario that roughly 90% of the guns that we can trace come in from the United States. We have to fix that. It's not a legal gun problem. And I wrote a column a few days ago about decline, right? Yep. And I laid out a series, I called it like my questionnaire on decline. Is there a problem and is it getting worse? That's question one. If it's getting worse, are we doing anything about it? That's question two. Question three, if we're not doing anything about it, is there something we could be doing? Like I kind of like went on and on the list. Gun violence in Toronto is one of those things where we are not doing what we need to do to fix the problem. For political reasons, our government is insisting on doing it's doing stuff but it's targeting the wrong group of people why political rewards the liberal government had a choice between easy political rewards or difficult long but actually effective policies and they went with the easy political rewards i'm not going to blame i'm not going to lay a dead cop at their feet because that would just be a dick thing to do but when you have a, a serious problem in a country that people are dying And the government basically goes, well, we could do something about this, but actually there's real political advantage in us doing something totally bullshit that won't address this problem, but it'll help us win a couple more seats in the 905. So let's do that. I don't know what to call that. It's bad policy. And I would say we're entering the realm of the immoral.
1: I think that there's your dispatch right there.
0: I get pissed off when I talk about this stuff. You do. I, but I mean, I, it
1: does. It also, it's also within the realm of like, it's bad and.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is sometimes fine.
0: I think right? every journalist has one. You've got chivalry. one thing
1: that, for me, it's supply management. For me, it's butter. I want better butter. I don't know. Like, that's just it.
0: But I think all of us as well also have one issue where they basically can say, if you are not serious about this issue, you're not serious.
1: Hmm. And
0: I know journalists where it's like, agricultural policy or <laughs> mental health care in a community yeah. or access to child care spaces right because most of us in this era because there's so few of us left we're generalists we have to be yeah but we have one or two issues we're actually passionate about and those issues can be radicalizing because you'll meet Ooh. like i'll meet like a, a totally normal downtown toronto reporter totally normal dude works for the star or something And you actually find out that lack of like affordable daycare spaces in his neighborhood have turned him into a political radical and he'd vote for anybody who would pledge to fix that problem. And Hmm. all right. Well, this uh, goes back
1: to my other note, just as an aside, I think people underestimate how effective the promise of $10 daycare was in getting the liberals elected. I think that is a massively underplayed. I think that that, that managed to, I think that actually managed to save their asses. But that's another conversation for another day. You All right, would know I better.
0: You'd know better than me because my kids are
1: oh in Calgary it's out. not a problem. In Calgary, it's not a problem. Uh, in, oh, in Toronto it's
0: a problem. My wife's in Toronto a teacher. it's a problem. She in makes Vancouver good. it's a problem. My wife yeah. makes good money as teachers in Ontario do. We kept her home for three extra years. Because yeah. sacrificing the hundred thousand dollar salary yep. made more sense than putting two kids in childcare. So I get it. Um, yep. Do we want to talk about the RCMP? I, I know you got to run. You have a call. I, I kind
1: of do have to run. I have to, yeah, I got my, got to get my eyebrows done because so I'm getting family photos taken tomorrow.
0: We have very different lives. I yeah.
1: think yeah, we do. Um,
0: uh,
1: you've never had comes... your eyebrows waxed
0: now? No, I confess I haven't. Although I remember once being at the barber and just you know chatting about like baseball or something. And the barber took the comb and like stuck them into my eyebrow, and then took the trimmer and went like, vroom. and I met like it had never happened before, and I remember thinking to myself, "I have no eyebrow." <laughs> the guy just went nuts. He went rogue. He took my <laughs> eyebrow off. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, "Oh no, it's still there." Oh, actually, that actually looks good. So I hadn't, like, <laughs> I hadn't realized I was old enough to start getting bushy old man eyebrows. Yeah,
1: bushy old man brows. Yeah. Until my thing.
0: barber decided. Without giving me any warning it's that like I just it needed a trip. Time. Yeah. But, but like I I wear contact lenses. So when I'm at the barber, I close my eyes because I don't want to get a little hair fragments in. So sure. we're like chatting baseball and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> <And I'm> like... <laughs> Anyway, the eyebrows look great. So no, I've never had my eyebrow. What do you what are you having done to them? Waxed? they're waxed. Have...
1: I have to tidy them up. Can't you see they're a mess?
0: No, I can't. Oh, um, what do
1: you know? You're a man.
0: I am a man. I have rights. <laughs> um, no. I was thinking as well. Maybe the RCMP apparently having a recording of the controversial meeting. Oh
1: yeah, they deleted. deleted.
0: Oops. I, in terms of like <laughs> a blurb, I don't know what to say about that at this point. I'm tempted just. I always use a GIF from one of the early seasons of uh, Star Trek Next Generation of Data just shrugging. I'm thinking maybe just a shrug. Just a like, shrug. The entire dispatch blurb will just be data shrugging. Like I got, I got nothing left. Like <laughs> the, the- we've already
1: kind of blend the, the, the RCMP for the lack of credibility issues, right? Like it just, just adds to it.
0: Like basically <sighs> a data GIF and please see all previous dispatches. Like, yes, I, exactly. I don't have anything else to say about this. Well, we can
1: also the- like link to all the previous dispatches where we've like given the RCMP shit on right. this, right?
0: It's not a bad idea
1: oh um, sorry um so i don't know how do you want to divide this up or should we just talk about how we're? let's, talk, divide let's this just up talk about there. it
0: later because uh, okay you, you got to run my my kids have probably demolished the house upstairs because i told okay. them to like be quiet while i was doing this and
1: perfect well how about then you just uh i'm gonna leave this in your court you decide what you want me to write and i'll write it up
0: are we forgetting something we said we would talk I about
1: feel like we are but like we're just gonna have to let it go
0: All right. Okay. Well, that's, well, I'll get the podcast edited and online ASAP and we will send out the dispatch on Saturday. Oh, by the way, we got a, we got a ton of editing. We have like six pieces that have landed. I know it's
1: been so much. We're way, we're way behind.
0: Thanks freelancers. Okay. Thanks everybody. (laughs)
1: All right. Bye.
0: All right, folks, that is it. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. If you haven't subscribed already, please do. We like to make money and feed ourselves and our children. But in the meantime, take good care. We'll talk with you in a week. Thanks for listening.